good good morning. Glad to have you with us. Oh, have we got news for you. Uh, we've got some Second Amendment news that deals with the post office. I was stunned at this court decision, but I think it's the right one. I'll tell you about that a little later in this hour. I won't give you the exact time because I'm not sure when we'll hit it. Uh, Fonnie Willis is in a little bit of hot water. We'll chat about that. Uh, we've got uh, an incredible exchange uh, with Rand Paul and uh, Dr. Phony Fauci. We'll get to that. But first, uh, they want to raise. We'll also talk about the Iowa caucuses. That you can't avoid that either. That's just the tip of the iceberg coming up today on the Gary Nolan Show. But I'm going to start with this. And it is a query to you. I'm going to give you both sides of a story. And you tell me which side you agree with. There are a bunch of people in this country who think that Congress is just wasting our time, wasting our money, driving the country into the ditches. They, they're just upset with the performance of, the, of, the, of Congress. And it's on both sides. It's on both sides. The Republicans hate how far the, to the left the Congress has gone. The Democrats hate that they're not going farther to the left. And they think these people don't deserve the pay they're getting, which is a starting pay of about 175000 a year. The other side of this coin are, this, are these legislators. And it's not just Squaw Warren, although that millionaire is complaining. Uh, it is also uh, Republicans who are saying, listen, we, we've got to maintain two households. It's, it's expensive to do that, and if you've ever lived in Washington, and I have, it is expensive, very expensive. We're, you know, we don't get cost of living increases, and that money just doesn't go as far as you'd think. So we think we should get a raise. That's the argument, both sides. Squaw Warren says everyone working in government should be paid more. Members of Congress and their staffs. Congress should not be the plaything of multimillionaires and billionaires who've already secured their fortunes and don't care about earning a living to support their families. She's not alone. J.D. Vance, Republican. He opposes a raise for lawmakers... Uh, that senior staff are almost always going to get poached by a lobbying firm because they can't possibly compete for their salary. Well, members of Congress have some control over what their own staff make. They have finite budget limiting the amounts of money they can pay some of the most important roles uh, in, in government. My view is that we should have substantially larger budgets. Essentially, he disagrees, but he agrees. Both sides are arguing that Congress should make more money. Well, living in Washington is very expensive. $175,000 to maintain two households is pretty challenging. And they haven't had a cost of living increase. They don't have COLAs in Congress. Now, I will point out that Certain members with certain positions get more money than others, but 
I'm just giving you both sides. My question to you, were it up to you to decide, would you give them a cost of living increase or would you tell them, lick sand? Yeah, you know, you're, you're not doing your job. You're overpaid as it is. Most of you are wealthy outside of Congress and gotten wealthier in Congress. Or would you agree that it is just too hard, too difficult to maintain two households on $175,000 a year? 874 9390 800 Or go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message there. I'll kick it off with Brian Hansen. Brian, are they entitled? Uh, my answer is uh, go pound sand and uh, do your work from home via Zoom. I don't know why we're wasting all these taxpayer dollars traveling back and forth to Washington. And, oh, I, I just I can't afford this. This is just too, too expensive. Yeah, you know, it's funny. What just occurred to me as you were saying that, because uh, you and I talked about this. I'll bet it was 10 oh, or 12 years ago. At least, ago. yeah. That they should use go to meeting. They're not listening to the program, st- obviously. Clearly, <laughs> we, I'll stay, send them a fine. Thank you, and, and, and I want half. Mm. And they should stay in their own districts, and and that's you know they could save a lot of money that way. Just use, just use the capital for ceremonial you know purposes. You know, generally when employees need a raise or want a raise. You have to at least show a reason for the employer to, you know, increase your pay. I understand the cost of living increase, but in most cases, if you're not doing your job, then you're not, (laughs) you're not entitled to a pay raise. Sorry. Well, you know how I always talk about in the private marketplace, they innovate because uh, they always have to, you know, operate on on the thinnest of margins to be profitable. Right. Uh, I argue that if if you got rid of public schools and just relied on uh, private education, they would come up with new ways, uh, and they have with homeschoolers. And the point here is that if you can demand money, if you can force people to give you money, you don't have to innovate. You don't have to come up with less expensive, more efficient ways to do things. Well, Congress is that way. They don't, they don't have to seek your approval. They don't have to improve their methodology because they don't have to. They, they just get the money. They're forcing you to pay it. If this were, if, suppose this were a huge corporation and they had uh, board members all over the country, 535 of them, and they had to meet on a daily basis do you think they would bring everybody to one city and make them take out, you know, buy an apartment or get a, get a house or whatever? Of course not. Or the private marketplace, they'd be innovating like crazy. They'd be using GoToMeeting. And let's face it, it isn't as though the government doesn't have the resources to come up with a secure way to communicate. So I would argue, you know, uh, you're just not worth it. Find a better way. No more money. Uh, but I'll find out what you think. I, maybe uh, maybe you think they have to meet in person. Let me go grab. Here we go from GaryNolan.com. 
Uh, Kyle says these politicians are forgetting about the lifetime benefits they get. If being a congressman paid so poorly, then why stick around for decades? Yeah, uh, Gary, I believe the perfect solution to the problem, I believe their salary should equal the median household income in the United States. Most of these folks are millionaires already or become millionaires while they're in Congress. So if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for them. As far as the expenses of housing, I propose that we put up a military-style barracks so they have somewhere to sleep and provide them with their meals as well. It could be part of the package. Well, we'll see what people think about that. Brandon, uh, if they pass a bill uh, to ban insider trading, then give them the raise. Oh, How about we don't let them regulate the marketplace so they have no idea what's going on in the marketplace and have to buy stocks the way you and I do. I think it's better. Roger is on the line. Roger, good morning. Give them a raise or tell them pound salt? Well, I think we should do it this way. Make a profit-sharing program where if they can cut the deficit to zero, balanced budget, they get, a say, a 10% raise. And every billion or trillion that they can cut off the federal debt, they get... 10% of that. Wow, that could be some pretty healthy uh, incentive, couldn't it? Yes, it could, but I think that's the only thing that's going to solve our financial problems. What do you think of my idea? Go to beating. What, what do you, instead of having a, 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 a residence in Washington, D.C. and in your home district, just stay home and use go to meeting. How about building a dorm in Washington where they could stay at less than market rates rather than building the new FBI building for billions of dollars? Right, you know, I'll, I'll tell you why I don't like the idea. Um, it puts everybody in one place at one time. And I think that's an incredible vulnerability. Somebody yep, with, yep. A, with the right missile could just you know, drop it right there, and we'd be rudderless. Of course, I think we're rudderless well, now. They but do that. they could do that when, when the Congress is in session, too. Yeah, but it's it's really iffy. You don't know exactly when they're going to meet. Uh, they're in different buildings. Uh, their offices are all in different buildings. Uh, yeah, you could take down the Capitol and do plenty of harm, but building a barracks and putting them all in there, man, that's a lot of eggs in one basket. All right, so you're you're opposed to giving them a raise? Well, unless they do something with the budget and the deficit, and they could get a, a portion of that, a small portion, but make it worthwhile for them to do the financially responsible thing. All right, Roger, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. It's really expensive to live in Washington. They don't get a cost of living increase. No adjustment there. Should they get a raise or not? You tell me, Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 22 minutes after 9 o'clock. I'm chuckling because Elizabeth Warren is a multimillionaire and complaining about $174,000 a year base salary. Uh, and they're arguing that uh, they should get a, a raise. Uh, by the way, $174,000, that's uh, more than I think 80% of American households make. But it hasn't kept pace with inflation. Uh, and uh, 
there, they, this article says that it's left uh, members of Congress unable to pay their bills. Apparently, they operate that they operate in private the way they do <laughs> in the government. But Warren um, says uh, she, I mean, she's really adamant about this. It's time for a pay raise. They they don't get colas. And uh, as I pointed out, she's not alone. Uh, Republican uh, Patrick McHenry, North Carolina, uh, made a similar point in an interview last week. Uh, and, of course, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, she's been vocal on this issue for a long, long time. So the problem is they're running two households on $174,000 a year. They're, they're starving. They can't pay their bills. I'm sorry. I can't control them. And they want to raise. Jeff sent me a message in regards to raises for Congress. <laughs> and I love this. In regards to raises for Congress, my old boss used to say, your raise will become effective when you do. <laughs> I, I, I just like that. I'm going to write that down and shave it. Yeah, clever. Uh, Tom in Springfield, good morning. Hey, good morning, Gary. I got a little different take on this, and I don't disagree with the the premise that 174,000 is is a lot of money, but it, it's taxable, and after tax, it's not a lot of money. And uh, to maintain, you know, two separate households, that's pretty tough. We we understand that. I got a little different take, however. I don't think they should be paid out of the federal funds. I think each individual senator and each individual representative should be paid directly by the district. Uh, population from which they serve and let that district determine how much they get paid. And in addition, I would make public, uh, uh, very public, how much each and every staffer is paid. And that's just not their office staff. That would be the congressional staff, the subcommittee staff, the senatorial staff. Those salaries need to be public along with the names. And you think that somehow will do what? Make them more fiscally conservative? Not at all, but it makes them directly re uh, responsible to the very people who put them in office and keep them in office. All right. Tom, thank you for the call and the idea. All right. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Um, I know this will put your mind at ease, Brian. You've How many times? You've only flown a couple of times, right? Oh, no. Oh, you've, yeah. Oh, that's right. You used to do this, the uh, the the games. You, you used yes. to fly around. Yep. Well, the next time you step on a plane, I want you to remember that the Federal Aviation Administration is recruiting workers who quote suffer severe intellectual disabilities, psychiatric problems, and other mental and physical conditions. Under a diversity and inclusion hiring initiative. Oh, no. Targeted disabilities are those disabilities that the federal government, as a matter of policy, has identified for special emphasis in recruiting and hiring. Uh, the FAA's website says uh, they include hearing, vision, missing extremities, partial paralysis, complete paralysis, Epilepsy, severe intellectual disability, psychiatric disability, and dwarfism. So the next, <laughs> you can't. So you 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 you're visual uh, visually impaired. Yeah, practically blind. Well, we're going to make you an air traffic controller. Oh boy, 
Uh, you, you can't make this up. Uh, it's part of their diversity and inclusion hiring plan, which says diversity is integral to achieving the mission of ensuring safe and efficient travel across our nation and beyond. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you, but, you know, the, the sound of a blind air traffic controller does not sound really appealing to me. I know that just right off the top, but, you know, I could be a racist for saying that. <laughs> Uh, how about someone who's completely paralyzed? <laughs> someone has to hit the button for the microphone. Um, <laughs> what do they have like a braille like reader to see? Oh, you're at uh, thirty thousand, and oh no, this other plane is also at thirty. Here, let me. <laughs> no. Oh man. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, how stupid are these people? It's just bizarre. Just bizarre. Um, let me give you a little Second Amendment news uh, before we move on uh, and uh, start talking about uh, a couple of other cases that are uh, important, like uh, how Americans can no longer afford their cars. And uh, what else do we have here? We've got uh, Tesla is in trouble. We'll, we'll share that. But first, a couple of pieces of news. First, uh, the Epic Times reports that gun bans in post offices violate the Second Amendment. The ruling came after a person was charged with possessing firearms in a post office, uh, which he argued was unconstitutional. And frankly, he, he's right. Um, this... This goes back to the uh, uh, New York, the Bruin decision. When they first, uh, you know, came up with the Second Amendment in the Constitution, there was no law banning firearms uh, being carried by personnel in federal, uh, in federal buildings. So here's, here's the problem with banning guns in post offices. When I go to the post office... I have to find a way to secure my firearm. I have to leave it in the car. I have the right to carry it until I hit federal property. And at that point, I'm, I'd, I'd be violating federal law. So if you're looking to steal a firearm, you know, you, you got to hope that somebody has an NRA sticker or a Second Amendment supporter or Don't Tread on Me sticker. And when they get out of the car to go in the post office, go check it out. See if you can find yourself a gun. I always argue that you should secure your firearm, get a, a locking cable and, and uh, wrap it around the seat stanchion or get an actual safe that you can securely attach to the car. But if you go into the post office, you necessarily can't carry your gun. And this federal judge um, for the Middle District of Florida said, nope, that's unconstitutional. That is a great decision. Uh, so I thought I'd share that. Uh, and I also understand there's a little update on the uh, Second Amendment Preservation Act here in the state of Missouri. I will go over that in a few minutes on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 
935. Glad to have you with us. And uh, we've got uh, this a couple of uh, Second Amendment uh, stories. We told you that a federal judge has just ruled that banning people from carrying firearms in the post office is unconstitutional. Um, in the latter half of the 19th century, when locomotives became the dominant method of transporting mail, bandits threatened postal workers on board the coaches. Yet the federal government never sought to ban firearms to protect employees or secure mail delivery. In fact, when the mail train robberies became a growing threat in the early 20th century, the postmaster general armed railway uh, uh, mail uh, clerks with government-issued pistols. So, you can... Uh, I, I would wait to, to do a little more homework on this, but... Uh, this is what uh, they're reporting at the Epic Times, and it seems to me uh, an epic decision. Uh, bringing it closer to home, the Second Amendment Preservation Act. For those of you who are not familiar with it, let me give you a brief recap. The state of Missouri, through the Second Amendment Preservation Act, argues that if the federal government wants to enforce federal gun laws the federal government has to come to the state and do it. it, it, it state and local uh, uh, government uh, employees are prohibited from enforcing federal laws. They can, uh, they can enforce state laws, but not federal laws. That doesn't mean they can't go to the FBI and say, here we have a shooting, uh, this is the, you know, this is the shell, uh, you know, to you. Can you look at it and uh, see if this was used in any other crime? Or uh, All those things are available. They simply cannot enforce federal law. They're prohibited from even contacting the federal government. Somebody shows up with a machine gun, a uh, fully automatic weapon, then the state can prosecute because it violates state law. The federal government, well, they got to catch it on their own. That's essentially what the Second Amendment Preservation Act is. If you're in favor of legalizing marijuana, ooh, that reminds me of an email exchange I've had this weekend. Uh, it's the same argument. You, you know, if the state doesn't want to enforce federal marijuana laws, they have that right. The federal government can come in and do it. The state can't. It's the same thing with the Second Amendment Preservation Act. Uh, so for those of you who want to know about this, keep in touch. Uh, you might want to know that the oral arguments for the federal lawsuit challenging the Second Amendment Preservation Act are now scheduled. Um, they uh, literally, they went out and picked a judge, a federal judge, uh, that was cherry-picked uh, to, uh, to agree with the anti-gun people. In his opinion, uh, according to Judge Andrew Napolitano, uh, one of the worst in the modern era uh, that he has ever reviewed. So uh, we're going to find out how that pans out. I've been waiting for this case uh, to be heard. So that's your uh, Second Amendment update. More details on that next uh, Saturday on Gary on Guns. That airs from 8 until 10 a.m. So you know. 
All right, let me move on. A panel of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, in 2022 blocked the Oregon town of Grants Pass from enforcing anti-camping laws on public property. The judges said the Eighth uh, Amendment's ban on cruel and unusual punishment prohibits cities from arresting or imposing penalties on homeless people for squatting on public property if there aren't enough shelter beds for every vagrant. Progressives, write the Wall Street Journal, have used the ruling to sue to stop cities across the, the country from enforcing similar laws under the appellate court's precedent a police officer in, uh, say, San Francisco can't cite a homeless person who has set up a tent inside a public playground even if he's been offered temporary housing. A lot of homeless people reject temporary shelter because they'd, they'd rather live on the streets where they can freely use drugs, writes the Wall Street Journal. The Ninth Circuit decision has made it harder for local officials to use the threat of penalties to force vagrants to accept treatment for mental illness and drug addiction. Uh, and this is uh, contributing uh, to this uh, problem in Western cities. The question then is, is there a constitutional right to vagrancy? Do you have the right to be a vagrant? You, you certainly should have the right to be unemployed. You certainly should have the right to wander on public property. Can you sleep? Is there a, a constitutional right? You know, there's a constitutional right to walk on public property, to sit on public property. You can lay down in a park or a public property. Can you spend the night there? In other words, is there a constitutional right to vagrancy? The Supreme Court is going to uh, try and answer that question. But I thought I would ask you what you thought. We had a lot of parks up here in Columbia. And I know we have a lot of parks in Springfield. Uh, I, I, do we have the numbers on Jeff City, Brian? I know Columbia and Springfield are pretty close in numbers. I don't have that number right offhand, but I'm but sure they, it's not in the it, hundreds. It, but I'm sure they do have public parks. Shouldn't somebody uh, be able to go into a public park and sleep? Shouldn't they be able to, you know, just lay out their bedroll or whatever, put up their little tent and go to sleep? It is public property. You can argue that, uh, you know, they, they can't, uh, you, you can't argue that they can't lay down. They can they can sit, they can walk, they can lay down. Can they fall asleep, take a nap? Can they spend the night there? 874-9390-800-529-5572. Is there a constitutional right to vagrancy? I got to tell you, I think there is. I think you have a right to sleep on public parks. Now, you may pose a danger sleeping on a sidewalk. You may be punished if you're leaving, you know, needles and stuff, garbage, trash, uh, 
but if you want to spend the night sleeping in the park, why not? Give me an argument that makes sense. It is a park. It is for the public. You're a member of the public. You can walk, sit, lay down. There's no time limit. Nobody says, well, you got to the park at 8 o'clock. You can only stay here till 10.15. Though we do close some parks at night. Don't people have the right to vagrancy? You know, the, you know what the real problem here is? I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I'm going to sound like a broken record. The problem here is that the government owns the parks. They were private parks. You wouldn't have to worry. This wouldn't even be a question. So with a, with a public park, public property, do vagrants have a right to spend the night there? 874 The Supreme Court's trying to decide it. We'll find out what you think. Uh, Mark, responding on congressional pay, said, uh, I'm reminded of what a Business 101 instructor said in college and which applies to all of us in our everyday lives, which I would think uh, include elected congressmen. He said there are only two options available to a business. Number one is to increase income. Number two is to reduce expenses. There are no other choices. If they cannot increase their income, then their only option, God forbid, is to reduce their expenditures. Yeah, it'd be nice if we could get Congress to do that, wouldn't it? All right, we're up against the clock. Got to take a quick break. We have so much more. How about tapping into the side of a volcano? Why on earth would anybody want to do that? We'll tell you in a few minutes on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, it's 10 to 10. Uh, the uh, vagrancy question, do you have a constitutional right to be a vagrant? I would say yes. Uh, but there are other methods that they can use to control them, and that includes cleaning up when they leave a mess and finding them for that or incarcerating them for that. Uh, but uh, we'll take some calls on that and some posts. Also, uh, scientists uh, have come up with a plan uh, to come up with uh, nearly unlimited energy. Man, who doesn't want unlimited energy, Brian? That's That would be fantastic. Would, yeah, yeah. Um, what they, wa- <laughs> they want to do is drill into the side of a volcano. Oh, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, what could possibly go wrong Nothing. there? Uh-uh. No, that should be just fine. You know, I was in the oil business for you know a year or so and drilling into stuff, and we didn't have any issues at all. Did, and did, volcanoes, <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking, no, this will be fine. The controlled breaching of a magma chamber is being undertaken by Kraftka Magma Testbed, um, named after the Krafla uh, uh, Volcanic uh, Caldera in the north uh, northeast of Ireland, of Iceland. They they think they can uh, they can get all kinds of energy from that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you can't make this stuff up. No, don't don't use a nuclear power plant. Don't no, burn don't coal. Do that. Don't burn natural gas. Just drill into a volcano and yeah, see what happens. Makes perfect sense <laughs> to me. Oh Lord, what will they do with all of that uh, molten lava? I don't know. Uh, on vagrancy, David. Good morning. 
Hello, Hello, David. Hey, David. Yeah. On the uh, thing with the uh, home, uh, the vagrant thing, shouldn't that come under the heading of the pursuit of happiness? Yeah, well, that's what they're saying. You're yeah, right. You know. But uh, so if somebody is a vagrant and they want to sleep in the public park, should they be allowed to? That's what I say. They should be, yeah. Yeah. Well, but what if they start polluting and leaving uh, garbage all over the place? Uh, should we then have the right to arrest them for polluting? I don't know about arresting them, but used to, they used to escort people to the edge of town <laughs> and, you know, have them be on their way. Uh, you know, yeah. but then, then the local people would clean up the mess. Uh, yeah, but it, you know they uh, they left a mess. You can well, certainly see. Lock them up, you know. You, you don't think you should lock them up if they leave a mess? No. Well, yeah, they Yeah, you know, it's like uh, it's first of all, like we're talking about what kind of mess, you know. But if they if they get their gear and leave, they shouldn't be arrested. But if know. they leave trash behind. And you don't arrest them. What's to stop them from continuing to leave the place a, a trashy mess? Well, you know, then that changes things. You know. Oh, so you can punish them if they leave trash. Well, I'd say uh, I wouldn't go uh, overbarreled with it. You know, uh, thirty days, some kind of some kind of a fine or something. I wouldn't lock them up. Well, where are they going to get the money to pay a fine? They don't work. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, David. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, they get the money from taxpayers, I'm sure. Uh, let's see, Kevin. I don't see why a vagrant can't sleep in a park if they're not interfering with other people. There's been a guy living in his van at least a decade near where I work. He's been parked on the street for as long as we've worked here. He keeps to himself, and nobody messes with him or tows his van. I haven't checked to see if he keeps the vehicle license plates current or not. Not my business. <laughs> so if you if they don't want to sleep in the park, Brian, they want to sleep in their in their van. Uh, they still have to pay taxes on the van. They. No, I, I think they would waive personal property taxes because they're, I mean, they're vagrants. They're homeless. They don't have any money to pay, so. Where do they pick up their checks? You know they're getting a Social Security disability check or a welfare check or something. Where do they get, where do they pick up their checks? I'm not sure. Because they can't, how can they exist? They can't exist. They can't come up with, I would think, enough money to... Keep warm, buy clothes to, to get food. Huh? I mean, it would have to be the post office, right? But you have to have an address for a post office, don't you? Even if you have a postal... I, had I a don't post think office. so. I think you can just go and get a post office box and say, I'm, you know, homeless. I don't have a, <coughs> excuse me, physical address. I, I remember once I did have a postal, uh, a post office box uh, because the neighborhood I was living in in Cleveland was kind of iffy, and uh, people would, you know, steal the mail, um, and so I wanted to put it somewhere secure. But they needed to know, and this is years ago, so maybe it's changed, 
But they needed to know the actual residential address before they would give me the post office box. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. So I don't know. If, that, if, that's, if you work for the post office and, and, and that's changed... Uh, or you know differently, you know, if it's if it's just uh, different here, I don't know. Uh, but give me a call. It seems then uh, at one time you had to have an actual address. Maybe it's the, you see, and it can't, as I recall, that costs money too. I don't know. They, I don't know how they're surviving. I, I don't know how you survive without getting a government check. You couldn't even, you know, if you're not working... Where do you get the money to feed yourself, to get clothes, uh, or all the other stuff that they roll around in a stolen shopping cart with? How, where do they come up with that kind of money? And you can't, you know, under those circumstances, I can't imagine them uh, going out and renting a post office box. Because that costs money. Uh, do you think there are enough people... Giving money to them when they're standing on a you know on a street corner, could be to survive. It's uh, fairly profitable from what I have learned throughout the years. You know, we had a guy that used to work here that went out as a stunt, yeah, and made you know a couple hundred bucks for. Did a he few make hours. that much? Yes, for a, a few hours, and it's like you've got to be kidding me! It's unbelievable, really. And as I recall. He was at the interchange of 63 and 70, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And he made a couple hundred, maybe after the show. <laughs> no, no, not today. Let's do well, it today in summertime. Would be, today would be, <laughs> no, today would be a great day to do it. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Uh-huh. People would take pity on us because it's so cold. Should you bring your dog, too? <laughs> oh, I, you know, I could bring the cat. <laughs> I wouldn't mind, <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing that. I'm just saying. I don't know how they survive. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Oh, you just can't make this stuff up. Oh, man. I guess, you know what? When we get off work, maybe I'll just uh, head over to the nearest volcano and tap into the side of it. <laughs> should be fun. <sighs> All right. Uh, Glenn uh, may have an answer. Time. Oh, we're out of time? Yep. That Sorry sounds that. Uh, very deadly. Um, do you mean... Oh. Yeah, yeah, Glenn, I got to put you on hold because we're up against the news break. Can you hold on? Yes, I will. All right. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Oh, Lord. Uh, it is the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.